Next on BYU Sports Nation, the post-spring depth chart is out. Does it matter at all? Or is it a great indicator of who the ballers are? It's not a Logan takeover, but Brian Logan will join the program. He'll join us to discuss the depth chart and any surprises he sees. Plus, a cornerback transfers. Is the Fan Fest going to your town? And the candy-giving softball coach joins us. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good, people? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, April 19th. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside Jason Shepard, who is a huge fan of the Fan Fests. Love the Fan Fests. Lots of fans. They're very festive. They're very, they're very festive. And let, let's, let's talk about that because the BYU football team is going to hit the road. I know the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints cut the road shows, but that doesn't mean the football team's not going to be the road show, if you will, this summer. So this Saturday in Mesa, Arizona, members of the football team and BYU Athletic Department will be there. Other, other cities involved this summer, Pleasanton, California, West Valley and Lehigh, Utah, Irvine, California, Wink, wink, and Laie, Hawaii. BYU will also hold firesides in some of those cities and the cities near some of the games. So if you want information about whether BYU is coming to your town, go to BYUcougars.com. This, this is very cool. I like Kalani Sataki and the BYU Athletic Department. It's, and it's not just football. It's the Athletic Department. They're going to take uh, this to the people. And they did a couple of these last year, but they are going even further this year. And they're getting bigger and bigger. You're starting to get much more of a turnout. First of all, I mean, we know anytime you're going to have football coaches and players out and about, you're going to have a ton of BYU fans show up. Especially you're talking about places like Mesa, places like that. I mean... There and, are a few BYU fans just, in these places. Just, just a few. And <laughs> La- yay, I want to know. I want to know if there's anybody that has had to be asked twice when they've been asked to go to the one in Hawaii. Like, if there's any football player, like, you know, we're going to need you to come with us to Hawaii. Yes. I don't know if I can make yes, it. Yes, I will be there. I got workouts. I got, I got to go to some <laughs> off-season, peaks. Off-season program. Some peaks, get in the wave pool or something. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> Here today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The football team, also in the news, releasing its post-spring depth chart yesterday. Freshman Troy Warner listed as a starting cornerback. More of those coming up in trending. BYU defensive back Jordan Prater announced via Twitter that he will be transferring from the team, saying the following, quote, for those texting, calling, messaging, yes, I am transferring. No, it isn't my option. Yes, it's the best thing for me. Thank you, Cougs. The baseball team falls to number 24 in the latest NCBWA poll following a series loss to St. Mary's over the weekend. They're also ranked 21st in the coaches poll. They play three games with Creighton this weekend beginning Friday, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Yeah, then a uh, doubleheader on Saturday. And the women's golf team is in first place after day one of the WCC championships. Leah Garner is currently in second. Kendra Dalton is tied for third. The men's team is tied for sixth. Good luck today in the West Coast Conference Championships. Lots to discuss with the depth chart. So let's get to it. Rise and shout. Start for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Post-spring for what? Yesterday, the BYU football team announced its post-spring depth chart. To some, this is meaningless. I get it. To others, it's everything. I also get that. And that brings us to today's Twitter question. How much value do you put into the BYU football post-spring depth chart? Mm. Our uh, first tweet, and don't forget to use hashtag BYUSN. First tweet coming in from at uh, Monique Laughs. Zero. They released it to give the media something to talk about. They wouldn't do that. How many days, by the way, until Arizona? Hashtag countdown of the Wildcats. 
countdown to the Wildcats. 137. I think last week we talked about maybe harmonizing. We never actually did that. Spencer's back tomorrow, so that was our, eh, later. Well, you know what? Let's just let's pocket that. Yes. Put it in we, the back pocket. We have we, 137 days. We, there are we, plenty of opportunities. One of these days we will remember. <laughs> but, that, so, but now you're behind this, right? Because now we're, we're talking post-spring depth chart. There's actual football news, tangible things to look at. You can get behind this countdown, right? This is tangible. Um, I think so. It's 137. That's just a big number still. Like if there's paper, you know, along the ceiling of your house or whatever for every day, you're like waiting for a missionary to come home or something. That's a lot of days still, right? 137? But we're going to get you through that. And part of that is the post-spring depth chart. Now that tweet was funny. Zero, they released it to give the media something (laughs) to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> we are going to talk about it, that's and for sure. And we thank you for it. But there is some value to it, to me, and I think you agree with this in our conversations. What's the value of the post-spring depth chart? What I have in my hand is 85% of what it's going to be in the fall, maybe even 90%. Okay, When you see names like Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum, that's who it's going to be, right? Random positioning, Will Linebacker, Francis Bernard, and Johnny Tapusoa. There's not going to be a lot of guys that all of a sudden show up in August and then get into this. There will be some, but there won't be a ton. To me, this is an, a public uh, affirmation of who the coaches trust, who's here, ready to go, and who they think can ball. There's a lot of value, in my opinion, to this. I think there's a ton of value in it. I mean, and I understand that people look at it and say, okay, well, we're 137 days away. Fall camp is, is months away. You know, what does this really tell us? Well, like you said, it gives you a pretty good indication where this coaching staff is leaning. And I can tell you who really puts a lot of stock into it. How about the players who's are, who are on this depth chart? Or that aren't. <laughs> yeah, because they see that the coaching staff is taking notice, and you can't tell me that if you're Francis Bernard, who you know was just switched over to the defensive side of the football as a linebacker, and you see your name as the starting you know, weak side linebacker, you can't tell me that's not going to give you confidence. So I think that there is quite a bit of value in this post-spring depth chart. There will be some movement, yes. But to me, there's not going to be a ton from what happens in the fall. If a guy's not on here, the likelihood of him getting in here is is tough. He's got to show up in August, and he has literally three weeks of preparation and then one week of prep for the actual game. Three of just generic practicing, right? So, of course, you see Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum, Jamal Williams on here. To me, the, the best thing that pops out about post-spring, this depth chart, that Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams are on this. I, kn- I know that we've known this for a while, but the fact that you, these two are on the roster, they're on this team, that means a lot for this team because they are the two best playmakers that BYU has. Then you see a guy like Aljon Brown. He's the fullback. The wide receivers, listen to these guys. Nick Kurtz, Mitchell Jurgens, Moroni La- Laulo Pututau, Colby Pearson. Four experienced dudes. And then the offensive line, there's some experience back, but how will this uh, group gel? One name you don't see on there, obviously, Tijon Kroma, not on the team uh, this semester. When you look at other guys that could uh, join the roster, who's, who's the one guy uh, that you think will be in the depth chart that isn't right now? For me, it's Tijon Kroma. This is a guy, if he's on the team when the season starts, he immediately walks in as your starting center. Amen. I, I mean, like, we have to earn it internally. Yes, but he's the best center that BYU has. He, he has solidified that offensive line for the last two years, and so if he's on this team, he walks in day one and he's your starting center. Yeah. 
To me, I look at Handsome Taniello, a defensive lineman, uh, really, really high Juco prospect out of snow, uh, that will be an, uh, an impact player in the interior of that defensive line. I also look at other guys like Jonah Trinneman, wide receiver from Snow. BYU is very excited about him. Inoke Lotulele as well, a kid from Cottonwood. He played in spring, getting his legs under him post-mission. He's a baller too. How about Uriah Leatawa, the kid from Compton, uh, Stanford commit. So there, there are several dudes. I'm probably missing others. Who, use the hashtag BYUSN. Let us know who you think. Uh, will be in in this step chart that isn't now. But to me, this is a great indication of who is probably going to be the main dudes this fall. And I think it speaks very highly of a guy like Troy Warner, who comes in as a freshman and right now is listed. Now, it's an or with Akili Davis, but he's who, listed. Who converted from receiver. Exactly. That's a big one, too. Exactly. You know, at left corner, Troy Warner is freshman coming in, and he has already garnered that much responsibility and confidence from the coaching staff, I think that's a big deal. You know, and I mentioned nice use of Garner, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier the fact that Francis Bernard, just literally m- a month or two after making the switch from offense to defense, joins a pretty potent linebacking core. I mean, you're talking about joining the likes of Harvey Longy and Fred Warner. I mean, you, for the coaching staff to have just made that switch within the last two months. For Francis, and we we kept hearing Francis Bernard is really killing it in practice. I mean, he's, but to see it on paper wasn't just lip service. Hmm. They they trust him in that short amount of time. I think that's a big deal. And you look at the other linebacker too, which is that hybrid position. Are they going to have a down, uh, hand in the ground and be a D lineman or linebacker? Still up for debate. Saitautu and Sione Takitaki. So you have a bunch of linebackers that you really like. Blaine Fowler a couple days ago mentioned that he feels like there's some NFL potential. Uh, among that linebacking group. You look at the, the defensive line, too. If Travis Tuiloma can get healthy, and he's listed as a starter, there is a really good player as well. And you mentioned Troy Warner in the secondary. You bring back some experience in there. Kainakua, Micah Hanneman, the switch to safety, Michael Davis at corner, and then these backups will develop. So I think BYU has a good team. I think this is somewhere between an 8- and 10-win team, depending on how uh, injuries and the schedule shakes out this season. But it's fun because on April 19th, Trust me, we have 137 days to sit here and prognosticate. <laughs> and yes, it is media fodder, but I think there's some values. There, there are those on Twitter that don't think there's a ton of value. We'll get, we'll get to those tweets in a second. Use the hashtag BYUSN. One position that kind of sticks out, though, is tight end on this. Tanner Baldery and Nate Sampson listed here, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU tight ends have combined for zero catches, for zero yards, and zero touchdowns. Jetty face. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing! (laughs) Nothing! These guys are brand new. Remember last year, BYU had to convert a defensive lineman, Remington Peck, who actually threw a touchdown, remember that? Caught a touchdown in the uh, Las Vegas Bowl as well. So this this group for tight ends, I mean, Tanner Balder has proven himself to be a good blocker, didn't catch a pass all of last year. Remember, Stephen Richards was hurt in fall camp. He was going to be the starter as well. So, Nate Sampson, that's your younger brother, Brian Sampson, by the way. So, you have brothers dueling Bat- for, tight end, for a tight end spot. For t- younger bro got the depth chart uh, mentioned, by the way. So, tight end has been adamant that the tight end is going to be used more. Is BYU going to have a 1,000-yard receiver tight end? No, that's not going to happen next year. But a couple hundred yards from somebody? We'll see. Because a bunch of guys have converted from different positions to tight end. We still don't know all the dudes that are going to be tight end. 
There's some that are listed as linebackers that will play t- tight end in the, in the fall. Just based off of that stat, though, it's going to be an uphill battle. Because to this point, yeah. nobody has been relied upon to be a pass-catching tight end. Or a tight end in general if they're coming from another, another position. Yeah, and there, there was this, uh, you're an inside receiver, but you're not a tight end kind of deal. Remember yeah. Guy Holiday with, with that? Like, Taron Houck, was he a tight end? No, he was just a big receiver, but is a flex tight end. Like, is Jimmy Graham really a tight end for the Seahawks? He's a receiver. A tight end like is tight mixed in the Seahawks, on the, the end. Yes, tight end. Come on. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on the conversation, which is this. What va- how much value do you put into the BYU football post-spring depth chart? We say there's a lot of value. What do you say? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At BYU Albert, April, me says, hold your horses. It's only spring. But August, me says, let's go. To that I ask, how much is this actually going to change between now and August? It's not. What, what percentage did you give it a moment ago? 85 to 90. See, I, I think that's pretty accurate. I think you're about 85 to 90 percent. Do you think I'm 100 percent accurate on 85 to 90 percent? Yes. I think that is actually 100 percent true. But, I mean, most of these guys on this depth chart, th- this is what it's going to look like. There's not going to be a ton of variation. That's one of the things. We're going to have Brian Logan coming up in our next segment. And I want to ask him, having been through this before and been in practices and watched guys you know, jump into the too deep. Including how, himself. Inc- yes. How difficult is it to make the too deep when you just arrive for fall camp? Yes. And we have, we have given you two Juco guys like Brian Logan that we think will join the team and then jump in to the mix. Jonah Trinaman and Hanson Taniello. So if you have guys you think... You- We'll jump into the mix. Use the hashtag BYUSN and win. Coming up, Kristen Delahouse and Big Deal No Deal. But first, it's a sort of Logan takeover, and there's a lot to discuss in this depth chart. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversations happening on Twitter right now. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Men's Volleyball hosting UC Santa Barbara in the MPSF Tournament semifinals on Thursday night. This guy's super excited. Oh, yeah. BYU fans are excited, of course. The match begins 9.30 Eastern time, and you can see it on BYU TV and hear it on BYU Radio. It's going to be a fantastic night on BYUtv.org at 7 Eastern as well. The first match, which is a good one, UCLA Long Beach State will be live uh, online. So if you want to check that out, that is available. Plus, more on men's volleyball coming up. Uh, Some finalists for national awards will announce those. Uh, even before uh, Off the Block has given them to us to announce first. So we'll tell you those coming up a little bit later. Our Twitter question, how much value do you put into the BYU football post-spring depth chart? At Ron Bond 2015, about 60%. People still fighting for spots. There's oars to consider, plus players coming in the fall, Jonah, Handsome, etc. I gave it 85 to 90%, but uh, yeah, it's, it's on the higher side of this, this is who's going to going to be there. Like, the depth chart for Arizona, I would think, would be 85% of what It's going to look more like that than it isn't. How about that? That's how we feel. If you feel <laughs> otherwise, use the hashtag BYU. At BYU Teddy Bear 89 50%. It's still very early, and some key players still missing, limited, but every journey has landmarks on the way. With that, let's bring in Brian Logan on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brian, how's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good, man. Just, uh, Living the dream. Absolutely. Uh, the post-spring depth chart's out. You were a guy that wasn't on a post-spring depth chart going into the 2009 season. Then in came this five foot nine baller 
who cracked the depth chart and was a starter. We've talked about a couple of guys like you, uh, Handsome Taniello, Jonah Trinman, who aren't on this, but what do you think of the post-spring depth chart? Yeah, oh, and just to correct you, Jaron, when I, when I came in and I actually cracked the depth chart, I uh, went back down to 5-6. So, yeah, 5-9 then then they got it right. Uh, but, no, I think, I think it's pretty good. I think it's, it's solid. Um, I, I think that uh, this is exactly what fans should expect. And, and the, the main reason why is when you look at all of the projected starters, uh, they're all juniors and seniors, most of them, right? Some of them are, are freshmen. You have a few sprinkled in here that are, that are sophomores. But that, that lets us know that these guys have a lot of experience uh, just within the, the, the level of playing Division One football. Uh, and, and then as far as actual snaps and game reps. So I, I don't see it changing too much. If it was a situation where these guys were maybe younger, there wasn't a lot of uh, uh, experience in, in game reps, uh, then I would say this really mean nothing. Since we mentioned that it's something that you did, cracking the two deep, arriving for fall camp, how difficult is that for a player to come in who wasn't in spring and is just arriving in time for fall camp? How difficult is it for that athlete to crack the two deep? Well, if, 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 if you are a... If you're coming from a junior college, it's, it's easy. I mean, this is what we do. This is what we, what we live for. It's um, easy? Yeah, it's easy. No, it's not easy. It's it's easier than a freshman coming off of the the, the yellow bus. Uh, I mean, the, the the game speed is a little bit faster at the junior college level, so it's it's easier to adjust. Um, you, you kind of are, I would say, in your grown man body. You got your grown man muscles, and and uh, you've been competing with grown men uh, for the last two years. So the adjustment isn't that hard. It's really just the X's and O's. So if you can get the, uh, the, 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 the mindset right, if you can get more of uh, the strategy, then you'll be fine. For, for freshmen, I, I feel like it, it's harder, but it, it, you, it, if you are a, a freak of nature like a Kyle Van Noy, where I, I think he could have actually played and started more his freshman year in 2010 when I was a senior, uh, if, if you have that athletic ability, you know, fast, quick, you essentially have your grown man muscles, if you went through puberty a little bit earlier, I, I think you can you can uh, adjust uh, pretty easy, but uh, it's 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 hard, man. These guys have have been working together. Uh, they've been in the system for a little bit longer, uh, so it's it, it's just the reps and the experience. Brian Logan is on BYU Sports Nation and says, depending on how fast you go through puberty, will be how fast you crack the depth chart. <laughs> Brian, what sticks yeah. <laughs> what sticks out about this depth chart to you? Um, I would say what I said earlier, as far as uh, the amount of, I'd say, juniors, seniors that are uh, in the, the number one position. Um, I, I think the other thing that sticks out to me is um, the, uh, the, the, the defensive line, the linebackers, the, the front seven, and, and, and kind of just seeing where everybody's going to fit in coming from uh, the 3-4 the uh, system. So, um, you know, trying to figure out where uh, certain people are going to play uh, and, and trying to figure out – their skill sets from a 3-4, you know, match a 4-3. A but um, other than that, man, it's, it's exciting to see just some of the names that you're familiar with, you've been talking about for the last couple of years that are back. Um, and so when you just look at, at uh, the, the seniors, when you look at the leadership, I mean, this team essentially has, I think, a lot of the tools uh, to have a pretty competitive season. But that 
schedule. Whew, uh, that's a, that, that makes your, your stomach turn a little bit. Now that we actually have the opportunity to see these names in position groups on paper and realizing it's not 100% yet, what position are you most comfortable with and least comfortable with? Um, secondary, just because that's because secondary. the best group. <laughs> yeah, that, because secondary. Um, no, I mean, I mean, these guys are, are, are talented. Um, I, I think when you look at the starters, uh, they can play almost any position, probably even quarterback. You know, shout out to my guy Kai Nakua. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I like uh, Troy as as well. You know, getting some reps. I've heard some pretty good things uh, from from some of the guys uh, coming out of spring bowl. Um, I, I think I think quarterback is another position. Uh, running back. Uh, there's there's guys all over the place that can play running back. I, I think the biggest probably concern is is really just the front seven again uh trying to to see you know what these guys are going to look like uh with 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 game reps i mean they're going to have about a year to to adjust uh to to the system and and whatnot but uh yeah i think i think that's what it is but you know when you have a a a solid secondary um you know and, and guys that can play man corner uh guys that can that can lock down an entire side of the field uh, you know, you, your, your defensive coordinator can do a lot with your safety. So if your guys need some extra run support, you know, just load the box, you know, tell uh, your corners, hey, you're on your own, you got this, and, uh, you know, go have fun and stop the run. You mentioned Troy Warner a second ago, and the fact that as a freshman, you know, he's listed as a starter at that left. It's an or with, with Davis, but, you know, listed as a starter at that left corner. You combine that with what we're seeing with Francis Bernard being listed just months after being switched from offense to defense as a starting linebacker. Those two situations specifically, what do you think that says about the confidence level that the coaching staff has in those two players? Well, you know, I haven't had a really a chance to see Troy. I've, I've seen his his highlight film, and, and obviously getting recruited by some big play, uh, big teams. So you, it doesn't really sh- surprise you the fact that he's he's starting, especially at a school at BYU, like BYU. No offense, I went to BYU. Uh, you know, hope nobody takes offense to that. But uh, it's just a, I it, take it, defense it makes, to it makes that. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I see what you do there. Um, it, it makes it makes sense uh, now. I know sometimes coaches, when they get this big recruit, five-star guy, even if he sucks, they're going to put him out there as a starter, which, it, you know, I, I, I hate when coaches do that. Coach Menhall was the complete opposite. But from what I've seen on film, I don't think uh, that's the case at all. And when you look at Francis Bernard, I mean, clearly the coaching staff came in and said, this dude is athletic, he's fast, he's big, he's strong. He's a waste of talent be, being on the offensive side. Let's put him where it really matters. Let's put him on the defensive side. A uh, waste so of clearly, talent. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just decided on the offensive. Hey, I haven't been on air for a while. Man. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it all. We are live. Just, just so you know, out. this I'm is sorry. not recorded. It, it, it's my. I'm sorry. It's my way of venting. But no, I mean, clearly, <laughs> when you when you look at Jamal, when you look at Squally, and 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 what they can do, their abilities. Yeah, it makes more sense, especially with uh, the you know the 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 the, the depth that you have at the linebacking position. But, again, you have a kid that is just athletic. Uh, he has all the talent in the world. And, and I'm not going to lie. I'm saying this, you know, wholeheartedly. I'm not trying to joke here. The, the, the best and the most athletic kids tend to play defense because it's, it's a much more, I would say, harder role to play because you are reactive. You're, in, you're always in a reactive state. 
and, and so you have to have, I think, a little bit more talent. So if you, if you, I think that just speaks to, you know, the, the athleticism that he has uh, for him to come in, pick it up, and be a starter right away. No, I feel you on that. You're not running to a spot or in an area, right? You're, uh, you got to cover some ground. I, I believe it. Brian Logan's on BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, the Orlando Sentinel, the newspaper there, named the top 25 non-conference games. BYU had three of those, Utah, UCLA, and Michigan State. What are the three best games, in your opinion, on the schedule for BYU? Uh, for BYU, um, you know, I, I, would, I would have to say uh, Michigan State. Um, I, I, I'm intrigued with that. Um, I, I think that Utah is important as well. And I think it's more in a sense for pride for, uh, the coaching staff to come in and say, Hey, look, you know, Bronco really hasn't had a lot of success with, with rivalry games. You know, we want to come and change that. So, you know, and actually, you know what, let's, let's, let's scratch that. Let's say Utah number one, uh, for that very reason. I think, I think when you have a new coaching staff, as fans, we're going to be lenient. We're going to understand that, hey, you know, uh, we expect them, them to take a, uh, 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 a couple on the chin. Um, and, and, and we are going to give the coaching staff some, uh, some time to, to kind of grow and develop uh, their, their program as they see fit. Uh, but somewhere where I think that, that fans uh, can, can really be onboarded and, and, and follow uh, Kalani and the staff and, and really get more excited is if he can go in and, and, and give, a, give Utah a one-two punch uh, and, and, and get that win that, that we all want. And, and I think this could potentially, with the schedule, be a reversal. But we've seen uh, you know, more up north with, with Utah. You, know, you lose five, five or six games, you make it to a, a basic bowl game, but you beat BYU. Hey, championship, Super Bowl, yay, let's have fun. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that could be the same thing with, with us as fans. You know, if we win decent – you know, good amount of games. We're competitive. Um, you know, we have an opportunity to, to 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 get into a bowl game. We get to a basic one, but we beat Utah. This is a successful season. So I, I think really, you know, Utah would probably be my number one choice. You know, Brian, and it's not that BYU needs the schedule to be legitimized because we know how good it is. We, we know how how big of a schedule that this is that BYU is playing, but. I think it's actually, I think it's a pretty cool thing that, and not that the Orlando Sentinel is the end-all, be-all of media, but <laughs> the fact that you know entities outside of the state and the other part of the country are taking notice of what BYU is doing from a scheduling standpoint, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, I think this goes back to Coach Mendenhall and and, uh, and Tom Holmes. Their, their goal when, when going independent was you know to try to be as relevant as possible and, and bring exposure to this program obviously there's a bigger mission there's there's something that's that's special about BYU and, and what BYU stands for and so you want to bring exposure to that uh, first and foremost uh, and then you want to start getting some 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 love that you probably should have been getting uh, you know back in the in the Mountain West days more more of that uh, and and I think that they're on the path to, to do just that you know when you look at the last few years, yeah, maybe the, the, the wins may not have, have been there for us as fans, but as far as the, the relevancy, I mean, man, you go, I go anywhere outside of the state with, with BYU and, and people are starting to notice. And, and not, not just Mormons. I mean, these are just regular, you know, uh, normal people. Not saying that Mormons aren't normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are you going with this, Brian? Good catch, Brian. Man, I'm just talking. So, 
Um, but you get my point is, is that, you know, I, I, I'm starting to get a lot more recognition, you know, that this logo from, I would say, more than just the LDS community outside of Utah. Absolutely. That's important. Brian, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, we'll get you back on soon. It's been a while. No, no problem. Yeah, I need to come in and vent a little bit to relieve some, some stress. I've been, been working like a free slave, man. So this is, uh, we'll get you in good. studio ASAP. <laughs> Brian Logan, we appreciate right. the time, brother. All right, that's good. It's Brian Logan on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Oh, that a guy like Brian Logan played on ESPN and not the mountain, right? <laughs> For his sake. And oh, that Brian were six foot and not five six. That would have helped too. I don't remember which game it was that I was watching. Uh, it was on BYU TV the other day, and it was a it was a, a football game. And watching Brian play, I was like, man. He was a good player. He was really good. Like, he was amazing for his size. Yeah. You know, and so if he had been a little taller. That's what people taller, say about me. Yeah, yeah. Did you just qualify Brian Logan's greatness? <laughs> he was just awesome, period, regardless of height. But if he had been taller, he'd be in the NFL, maybe. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> How much value do you put into the BYU football post-spring depth chart? Keep the tweets coming. Big deal, no deal, coming up next. Welcome back, amigos. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I was at the BYU Store the other day. I found my new favorite shirt. What is it? It's, it's a golf shirt. It's a striped uh, royal and white golf shirt, mm. but it's got the uh, Sailor Coog uh, and the Nike symbol on the other. It's, I love it. I, it's awesome. Wear it next time. I, I've, I've got to uh, get the pennies together to buy it. <laughs> you found it. Now you got to buy it. Now I've got to yeah, buy it. Okay. Baseball begins a three-game series at Miller Park on Friday against Creighton going out of conference. Friday's game is on BYU TV as well as BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern. With Jason Shepard as a dugout reporter. If you haven't caught uh, Jason on any of the broadcasts, check it out. It, it is good. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football team released its post-spring depth chart yesterday. We broke a lot of that down earlier in the show and just talked with Brian Logan about it. BYU defensive back Jordan Prater announced via Twitter he will be transferring from the team, saying the following quote, for those texting, calling, messaging, yes, I am transferring. No, it isn't my option. Yes, it's the best thing for me. Thank you, Cougs, end quote. The baseball team falls to number 24, but still ranked in the latest NCBWA poll following a serious loss to St. Mary's over the weekend. And the women's golf team is in first place after day one of the WCC championship. Leah Garner is currently in second place, and Kendra Dalton is tied for third. And the men are tied for sixth. Let's play a little big deal, no deal. Big deal. No deal. Presented by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Ben Bagley, our producer in the control room, will throw out a line. We'll tell you if it's a big deal or a no deal. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams' names are on the depth chart. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, it's a big deal. Talking about potentially your starting quarterback and your starting running back. Last time I checked, an offense needs both of those, and they're pretty important. So, yeah, I'm going to say big deal. Normally, I'm the guy with the sarcasm here, but apparently it's from that <laughs> chair. Yes, big deal. Absolutely a big deal. You know it's a big deal when you're a Brazilian soccer player, a.k.a. you go by one name, Taysom, Jamal. You can't say that for everybody. It is a big deal that these guys are on BYU's team. I should, that should not go overlooked. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Freshman Troy Warner listed as a starter? Yeah, it's a big deal. He's the only freshman 
on the defensive side that's that's listed as a starter. That speaks very highly not only of Troy, but also the confidence level that this defensive coaching staff has in the freshmen. So yeah, I think it's a big deal. Normally I would be inclined to say no deal on April 19th about uh, you know a depth chart thinking it's too early. Don't but, fall into the trap. But I've seen Troy Warner play. I've seen what he can do, and I've talked to the coaches on this show and off the show about who he is. He is going to be a baller at BYU. So this is a big deal to have Troy Warner, one, at BYU, and two, that he is a starter right away. The hype train about Troy Warner is going. There it is. Troy Warner. And he will play on the offensive side of the ball as well. Don't forget that. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Half of the O-line are listed at under 300 pounds. I'll go first on this one. I think it's a big deal because when I look at the O-line, I don't just look at the starters. I look at the backups, too. And I see half of the offensive line sub-300. I know Mike Empey has told us on this program that he wants to get back to the traditional, tall, big offensive lineman for BYU. And so there's some guys that need to gain some weight. But luckily, it's April 19th. You can eat those peanut butter and... Uh, honey sandwiches in the middle of the night all summer. With bananas. With bananas, for the thank re- you. For the reason you mentioned Coach Empey talking about wanting to get back to what BYU used to, I, I think it's absolutely a big deal. Because back in the day, the entire offensive line was well over 300 pounds. And if they're wanting to get to that and they're not there yet, then they've got some work to do. So I understand you've still got time to eat all of those calories and, and you know add the weight. But I still think it's a big deal because if you're not there, you've still got some work to do. Yeah, and you look at the starters. Brad Wilcox, 310, and Louis Lapuaho, 330. Parker Daw, 301. Tuni Knuch, 325. So they're just averaging? Austin Hoyt, 282. Yeah, you always... Yeah. You just average? The average, the average weight 7, is... 72406 <laughs> for Mo Longy and his, and his buddies. <laughs> Number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU rostered tight ends have a combined zero catches for zero yards and zero touchdowns. I'm going so far on big deal on everything. <laughs> Somebody say no deal. This isn't this isn't just hyperbole here. I think it's a big deal because we've heard how much they want. Speaking of Ty Detmer and, and the offensive side of the football, how much they want the tight ends to be involved, not just as blockers, but you know, catching the football. And you're now putting guys in there who have never been, at least at this level, have never been asked to do that and don't have the reputation of doing that to this point. So, yeah, it's a big deal. It is a big deal when that group has the same number as we do. That is not good because <laughs> we are sitting up here talking. We're not, we're not athletes. Uh, but I go no deal because we have not expected jack squat from this group the last couple of years. So the fact that they haven't produced anything yet doesn't matter because we haven't expected it. Number five. Big deal, no deal. 13 of the 14 defensive front seven listed are Polynesian. I, I think this is a big deal. This is interesting to me because obviously this coaching staff is majority Polynesian. I think that BYU is going to uh, milk that Polynesian pipeline better than they have in the past, which is, which is fun. And it's interesting to see the influence defensively, and, the, and this was prevalent on last year's team, of the Polynesians in BYU football. When BYU has good Polynesians, that equals good BYU football. So I think that's important. Yeah, it's a big deal, and for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, but the coaching staff has talked about you know, reconnecting that Polynesian pipeline, and it looks like they've got a, a nice running start at it. You know, that's something that BYU in the past, it, you could, you know, that, that was just a given that you were going to get those athletes, and that hasn't always been the case. So the fact that you're getting back to that, that absolutely is a big deal. Culture has changed. Technology has changed. And so BYU is not getting the best Polynesians per se anymore. I think that they will challenge that 
uh, status quo ba- back to what it used to be a little bit more under Kalani Sataki and this staff. Number six. Big deal, no deal. James Baird, the starting kicker, is a spring practice walk-on. Let's talk about James Baird. 5'7", <laughs> 160 freshman, out of spring. The guy comes in, works hard. He's the guy. Now, there's, I, I, I say it's a big deal because there's, some, anytime, there's a concern for me anytime there's a point score and there's a question mark there. Okay, The field goal kicker is an important piece. Remember how Bronco Mendenhall, anytime BYU got to the 30, BYU was not kicking long 40-yard field goals. That affected BYU's ability to score a few more points. And as we've seen over the years, BYU plays good ball. They don't traditionally get blown out very often, so field goals play a big role. Yeah, it's a big deal. I'm going to go six for six on big deal. Six for six! On big deal. (laughs) I'm I'm buying in! Uh, But, yeah, you're losing a really good place kicker. And... that was something that, after a couple of years of, of some turmoil, had been solidified. And with Trevor Sampson. With Trevor Sampson, absolutely. And so the fact that you're, you're coming in with a, a spring practice walk-on, and that's not a knock on James Baird at all, but... We don't know who he is, Yeah, really. we, do, yeah we, we don't know him, but this is, this is something that you use quite a bit, and it can change, as you mentioned, how you make a decision on a drive. Yet you look at, from James Baird's perspective, he's like, I wasn't even on the roster, and now I'm the starting kicker. Good hey, for you. Hey, I worked hard, man. But because it's the kicker, it's, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll see him in spring, uh, in fall football. Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, everything that's going on in BYU Sports in the Whip. But first, the candy-giving softball coach, Kristen Delahouse, joins us in studio. What did she bring us? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live in Studio B. Remember, the show's live noon Eastern. If you miss it, it's on weeknights. Rebroadcast at 6 Eastern time on BYU TV. Softball heads across town to face UVU tomorrow afternoon at 5 Eastern time. The game can be heard on BYU Radio. More on that game coming up. How much value do you put into the BYU football post-spring depth chart? That's our Twitter question today. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At 801 Salt Lake, about as much value as political promise. <laughs> so they bit, mean those 100% of the time. Wait, that always but if happens. if they say that, then they do it, right? Use the hashtag BYUSN, weigh in on that. We think it has a lot of value. If you think otherwise, yeah, let us know. Like at 801 Salt Lake. Let's introduce our next guest uh, from the softball team. She's an assistant coach. Her name's Kristen Delahousey. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. This is the first time you've been on. It's the first time I've been on. Thanks, guys. You were a stud player. I used to call your games, and now you're a coach. So we're both still here. Here we are and having fun. Uh, you are famous because we always talk about you. Any softball player that comes in, we talk about you. Are you aware of this? I am aware of this. Because of the candy. <laughs> because of the candy. When did giving out candy at first base begin? We actually gave out candy when I played. Netta would coach first base, and she would give us Skittles. Yep. Yeah. So we've always been giving out candy, and I've just changed it from Skittles to pretty much whatever they request. <laughs> Whether it be the color request or the type of candy request, we just make it happen. What has been the most requested candy? M&M's for sure. I, I However, really at the bottom that. of the lineup, you have... Coco and Kinsey and Caitlin all kind of together, they all want Tootsie Rolls, but different flavors. So you mm. can get like a little Tootsie Roll rally going on there at the bottom of the lineup, and it's going to be okay. That equals runs. <laughs> the more Tootsie Rolls you're giving out, the more runs Exactly. There are, right? Now, M&M's, I'm, I always question this. Aren't, it gets warm out there. Do it they does. melt? Is they, that weird? Is they there melt lint? in your mouth, not in your hands. That's the is, slogan. Is there lint on them out of your pocket? No, like no, no, These no. are logistical issues. We definitely issues. put everything in a plastic bag. Mm. 
And most of the time it is warm, but if you put it in the plastic bag, you just take it out between innings. It doesn't get too hot. Okay. Now, if we score a lot of runs, I have a problem. But have they eat them all, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Have you had an issue before when you score yeah, a lot of runs? Yeah, but they still eat them even if they're a little bit melted. <laughs> <laughs> they're not scared. They don't care. There's not like a peanut and they're choking still like second or something? I've always no, no, no. Well, and we do give out like really big M&Ms. They're not regular sized M&Ms, mm-hmm. so they take a little bit longer to melt. Okay. All right, so if you had the choice, what, what candy would you choose? I, I'm not picky. I eat anything, Just anything that shows up. Anything? We do hand black out candy. Black licorice? Oh, no. Black licorice okay. is not good. Sure. But we hand out candy on the bases, but also in my office, there's like a candy machine and a candy bucket, and it's just full of whatever gets requested, and we just fill it up, and I eat whatever's in there. Now, you've been on the baseball side of things. I think you know where the candy is on the other side of the complex. No. no. You, no, you. She just told us in her office. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm actually heading over to baseball practice as soon as the show is over. <laughs> I may you know, meander over to the other side. You, yeah. you just stop by my office. You can see it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're about two minutes into this interview. All we've asked Kristen about is candy right now. But let's finish with this. Did you bring us any candy? I did bring you some candy. Yeah. Look at See, we got all kinds of options here. We got... Big M&M's, Tootsie Rolls. Well, those Ooh, are big roll. M&M's. Hot tamales. I heard there was a little oh, bit yeah. of a request yes. going on for that. Can I have a large M&M right now? You can have can a large M&M. Right I'm going to give you the blue one. I'm okay, going to take you. your free agency. I'm going to eat it right now. That. Blue's the best. <laughs> I'm just going to eat it right now. I'm hungry. Uh, you know what? I'm probably not. With the braces, eating that on TV is probably not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's give you a noun later and see what happens. <laughs> I'll just eat mine in the break. <laughs> if we want you to shut up, we'll just give you a noun later. Tell us about this team this year, Kristen. 23-17, and early in conference play. What do you think of the team so far? Um, the girls are strong. I mean, we have lots of different varieties, even though our roster is so small. I have a lot of girls that can play a lot of positions really, really well. Uh, a lot of athletes. Kenna's helping us out on the mound all the time with Olivia and Ari right behind her. All my girls can hit. All my girls can play defense. And they're pretty willing to do whatever we ask of them because sometimes the lineup's got to change because we're so small. We have to say, hey, I know you've been an infielder, but I need you to play the outfield. And they're like, all right, let me go do it. Hey, I need you to play a different position. All right, just tell me where to go and when to be there. And they're really, really good about that. And they're so athletically strong that it, we don't really miss a beat doing so. You've got UVU tomorrow. How is it different preparing for, for an, you know, an in-state school, especially one that you're supposed to be and you've had a lot of success against? Um, it's always you've you got like the target on your back. So you go into it thinking, all right, we got it, no big deal. We're going to go out and just play our game. But every once in a while, the monotony of, I mean, we play UVU at least twice a year, sometimes more. And so they're always a good team, and they want to beat us so bad that you have to make sure you come out like you're going to play the top ten teams in the nation because they want to beat you worse than anything else. The mercy rule uh, in softball is if you're up uh, by eight after the fifth at any point, uh, you know, you win the game. Do you like that? Rule because there's certain games where it's like sweet, we're out of here early. Right. Other games, it's like, well, you didn't have the chance to really come back. Like in baseball, there's no mercy rule. You got to play. Right. You got to play all night. Yeah, you play you've, seven. Normal. You've watched some of those baseball games. It's been like fifteen to nothing. You're like, seriously, <laughs> it's only the second inning. So it really is. It's a good thing. And sometimes it's like that's what we're shooting for. Like let's get in and out as quick as we can. But most of those games take just as long as any other game, anyways. But it's nice that mm. you know Kenneth's thrown a lot of innings. It's nice to get her only five innings instead of seven. Or it's good that. We can plug other people in as we go and things like that. But so you it's get paid not... the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So five innings it is. <laughs> and if, if they go around the bases that many times, we hand out just as much candy. So mm. Is that in the budget, like the softball budget? There's like a candy portion of There that? probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> She's hoping that there is. <laughs> Wait a minute. At some point. Yeah. Now, we mentioned that you've got UVU tomorrow. You've played Utah. You've played Southern Utah. And I believe you're 4-1 against the in-state schools this season. How important is that to the program to have that kind of success against the in-state schools? Um, it's good because, again, we a lot of the schools are really good in-state, especially Utah's gotten better since they've been in the Pac-12. But every school's shooting for us when we go out to play them. And so holding on to that reputation and winning those games is big for us just to keep the tradition going and to keep the resume, I guess, of, you know, we're we're here to compete and we're here to win and we're going to be the best team in Utah or the nation when we get to that point, you know, one step at a time, though. And the tradition is really strong with softball. This is a program that makes the NCAA tournament or the regionals, uh, been to the super regionals once. What will it take for this team to get back to the regionals? Um, I just think we have to take it one step at a time. Occasionally we get in trouble because we start looking too far ahead and we press and we, I mean, I don't think we ever walk out on the field and think, oh, this is going to be an easy game, no big deal. We walk out on the field and think, all right, I I should do so much better against this team than I do against other teams. So I got to make sure this happens or that happens, or we play a good team and I have to score runs. I have to do it for my team. And they start to press. If we can just take it one pitch at a time, that's what we need to do to be successful. What do you think this team does really well? Um, we're really good at fighting all the way to the end. I mean, we do a lot of things really well, and when our defense is on, we play great defense. When our pitching's on, we have great pitching. When our hitting's on, it's hard to keep the ball in the ballpark. But really, at the end of the day, what we do the very, very best is just fight to the very, very, very last inning. We kind of get ourselves into trouble, and by the seventh inning, we've scored five runs or six runs to tie it or to win or whatever it takes. She's Kristen Delahousey, uh, the first base coach and assistant coach on the softball team. First time in Studio B, so we want to give you the BYU Sports Nation karma for the UVU series, as well as St. Mary's coming up this weekend. Thank you. So you know, pass it all the way down. So good luck. Yeah, BYU TV will have a couple of those games coming up uh, Saturday, a doubleheader at two Eastern time. Do you mind signing our flag? I would love to. Awesome. Kristen Delahousey and the uh, BYU Cougars will play Utah Valley. You can go ahead and sign it right now if you want. Thank you. Uh, 5 Eastern time tomorrow. You can listen to that game on BYU Radio. And then, of course, Saturday against uh, St. Mary's on BYU TV. Hey, coming up, a cornerback transfers, baseball drops in the polls, and the men's volleyball national award finalists are all in the Cougar whip around. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Can I have another Eminem? you have another? BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. The football team released its post-spring depth chart yesterday. Also, the Fan Fests are coming to a city near you. You can check out BYUCougars.com for a full list of the six cities. Also, the Orlando Sentinel released its top 25 non-conference games for 2016. BYU at Utah versus UCLA and at Michigan State all made the list. The Fan Fests are coming to your city. <laughs> BYU defensive back Jordan Prater announced via Twitter that he's transferring from the team, saying the following... For those texting, calling, messaging, yes, I am transferring. No, it isn't my option. Yes, it is the best thing for me. Thank you, Cougs. Baseball. The Batcat team falls to number 24 in the latest NCBWA poll following a series loss at St. Mary's over the weekend. They are also ranked 21st in the coaches' poll. Golf. Women's team is in first place after day one of the West Coast Conference Championship. Leah Garner is currently in second place. Kendra Dalton's tied for third. The men's team is tied for sixth. 
Volleyball. I feel bad reading the volleyball one. Oh, I do know, it. I know Please. what you're thinking. Off the Block announced that three BYU players are finalists for national awards. Ben Patch as best opposite. Brendan Sander for best outside attacker. And Michael Hatch for blocker of the year. Also, the middle attacker of the year is now called the Ryan Millar Award after the Cougar Great. Cougars in the minors. Those will be announced, I believe, uh, next week. Adam Law went two for three with the stolen base for the Tulsa Drillers in a 2-0 win over San Antonio. Future guests look like this. Mike Littlewood of the Bad Cats, the baseball team, will join us. Plus, women's tennis player Nicolette Polson will join us as well. That's coming up later this week. Today's Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. How about women's golf? They're in first place after day one of the West Coast Conference Championships. Can we give them a salute? I salute you. Uh, yeah. Story okay. for you after the show about uh, salute you. Okay. Just, just remind me. Okay. That's what we used to do at the beginning of the show. Okay, yes, yeah. yes. And then it was next. Okay. So you brought it back. Okay, am I in trouble? <laughs> no, you're not in trouble. It's just funny. <laughs> to only me and you. I love inside jokes. I'd like to be a part of one one day. Our Twitter question, how much value, said Michael Scott, how much value do you put into the BYU football post-spring depth chart? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At var underscore black, the only place I put value in it is where it shows a lack of depth. For example, offensive line, it's looking a little thin. Get it? I see what he's saying. <laughs> I think agree or disagree on that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, it's it's they're not as big as they probably want to be at this point. I mean, it's it's a big deal right now. I mean, but you also need to realize that there's still several months to go. Yeah, which which is our our point with yes, this overall. But I think there is value to this because. Who, who's going to suddenly emerge during the summer when the coaches aren't involved in practice very much? It's not going to happen that much. There's some guys that will come in and do that, but not a ton. At Rexburg underscore runner. I want to know what the depth chart looks like October 1st. So one month into the season. Now that's an interesting take. Our elite tweet is this. At JK16. I feel like the Stephen Colbert show is about to start every time I hear that. <laughs> about as much as the value at McDonald's. It's cool and all, but in the end, not really worth it? Hey. Spicy McChicken is Listen, to die for. Everyone loves McDonald's. You're lying if you don't. And it's a dollar. <laughs> a dollar. Well, it used to be a dollar. Not anymore. They are. The ones I get, the chicken sandwiches I get are a dollar. I better get them. Thanks to our guests, Brian Logan, Kristen Delahousey, and everybody on the crew. The conversation continuing 24-7. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Gary Nagy. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow, noon Eastern time. Good luck on